Welcome to The Omnibus Show, a program for people who are interested in everything, with deep conversations on a wide variety of subjects. And now, your host, Dave Gibbs. Hello and welcome to this episode of The Omnibus Show, the program for people who are interested in everything, with deep conversations on a wide variety of subjects. This week's guest is Benjamin Peterson. He is a Danish-American race car driver from Copenhagen who grew up in Washington and resides in Indianapolis. He currently competes in IndyCar Series driving for AJ Foyt Enterprises. This is his rookie year at the Indy 500. You can see him in number 55, speeding along the track. Welcome, Benjamin. It's great to have you thank, here. Thank you for having me. Well, it's good to have you here, and thank you for taking your time to be with us because this is this is such a busy month for you all in Indy car racing. It's the biggest month for sure this whole year. Yes, um, you began your career in 2016 driving for the let me get it right the Leading Edge Grand Prix in cooperation with the Global Racing Group in the F4 United States Championship. Correct. Yep. That's very large for the marquee. Yes. <laughs> um, you've had a lot of racing since. Can you uh, tell us about your milestones since 2016? Yeah. Um, it's funny because it, it feels like it's a while ago, but in the grand scheme of things, from only 2016 to where we are now, um, being a rookie in IndyCar and racing in the 500, it's really not that long ago with all things considered. Um, but yeah, 2016 was the my first year racing cars. Um, like you said, in the F4 US Championship. Um, I barely had my driver's license. I, I had my first test when I was only 15 years old in a car. Wow. And um, yeah, in 2016, raced in F4 in the States. Um, raced another year again in the States, get, getting the experience from the first year. And then the third year, I started the year in F4, but then F3 was introduced here in America. Mm -hmm. um, very similar car to the F3 cars in Europe um, and other parts of the world. And then I went into to F3 that year and also did another follow-up year. Um, and then I went overseas. Was that at Silverstone? That's coming to that, yeah. Okay. So that was still F3 in America. And then um, after two years in that, I went to England uh, in 2019 and 20 for British F3, which is, is definitely a step up compared to to the F3 here in the States. Yeah. Um, faster car, competition's very good, completely different tracks. The weather is very different. Um, and yeah, did two years over there, had very good results, um, couple wins, many podiums. Um, for myself, learned a lot and then uh, returned back to the States in 2020 and, uh, sorry, 2021 and 22 for, for Indy Lights, which is the step just before IndyCar, mm -hmm. and um, brought all the experience of, of being in Europe there and, and uh, did very well in Indy Lights, and, and then, yeah, now I'm a rookie in IndyCar. That's great. That is really, really uh, you know, just driving, that, just the thought of, of being in a car, and I've seen your videos where you're, you're moving along that track. Um, okay, what is, and, and that leads into my next question, is what is the experience like? You know, how does it feel to go that fast, with, especially with all those cars around you? It's, yeah, it's a great question. Um, if you were to put me in an Indy car 
coming straight out out of F4, it would feel like a, a very massive jump. Um, but being that the, the whole uh, junior category system, it, it sets you up every step for, for the future. So obviously an F4 car is the first step in car racing and um, it looks like an Indy car. It's, it's just a baby version. It's much less power, much smaller tires. It's, it's made for 15, 16 year olds to, to learn to drive a car. It's mm -hmm. not, it's very fast, but it's, it's nowhere near an Indy car. Um, then you hop into an F3 car, you get a lot more power, much more aero, bigger brakes. Um, so you can see where I'm going. It, it just, every step, the cars get a lot faster. Yes. Um, so actually when I jump from Indy lights to Indy car, it didn't really feel like that big of a step in some regards. Um, just being that the Indy Lights car is so fast and, and such a good car. Mm -hmm. um, and then there's other areas where you're like, okay, the Indy car is a lot more impressive with, with some things. But um, it's to answer your question, it's, it feels very natural. Um, this year, it, it, it was my first time going over 200, just being that an Indy car does that pretty easily at, at most of the super speedways. But honestly, So that's it, your it felt, fastest speed has been, what, 210? 220? Two, 230, I think, this 230. year. Wow. Yeah, and the 500 would probably be close to 240. Um, but honestly, it, it it feels like, in my opinion, like 180 in the in the lights car. It's because everything is, is proportional to how big the track is. Mm -hmm. When I did my first run at Texas Motor Speedway this year, which is very fast, um, at the time, definitely the fastest I've ever gone, I, I felt like it was a lights car gateway. Not everyone agrees with that, but I, I was kind of surprised that it I was going as fast as I was for what it felt like. Um, but yeah, I, I love it. Well, that's great. You gotta love it if you're gonna stay with it. Yeah. You know, cause that, that is, uh, you gotta have it all together when you're going that quickly. Um, it just, it's amazing. So, um, but 230, that's, that's faster than <laughs> a 125 train. Um, so regarding that, you had talked about the one in Texas. Would you say that the Indy track has there, therefore been your most challenging track? I only have done the, the rookie orientation program for the, the 500 layout. Um, I wouldn't say it's the most challenging. It's, it's very different than Texas. There's a lot less, um, banking in the track. So you feel less loaded, mm -hmm. but obviously you're going just as fast. So it's, it makes it a little bit more tricky in some regards. Um, I personally love the ovals from from everything I've done my whole life, and I'm, I'm just super excited. It changed. We have so much time there during the month of May for practice that mm -hmm. it's very easy to get lost with the car setup. That is kind of the name of the game in in racing is the setup of a car, especially in ovals. And uh, with so much time, it's very easy to go down the wrong path. So it's just very important you you have the right people around you helping guide you and the car in the right direction for for the race day, which is you have many practice days and then you got to figure out the best thing for the race. Sure. Can you take us through um, a day like your practice training or is yeah. that sort of a special sauce? Uh, I can explain it. Yeah. It, I, <clears throat> I think to, to, answer, to follow up my question, I can kind of explain what the month of May looks like once we get into 500 testing. Um, Usually you'll start the month of May with a lot of downforce in the car. So it's, 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 uh, 
it's not going as fast in a straight line, but it just has so much grip, which isn't necessarily the fastest thing. Um, because come qualifying, it's all about going as fast as you can. Um, and then you'll then add that downforce back for the race. But yeah, you start the month with a lot of downforce, which as a driver is relatively easy to drive with because you're just easy flat the whole time. Yeah. Um, but then as the month goes on each day, you start taking more and more downforce out of the car to make it go faster on the straights. But obviously less downforce you have, the more difficult it becomes in the corners because you get less grip. But you you get the trade-off of going much faster in a straight line. So um, that's where all the setup work with all the dampers and, and engineering takes place where you know, you're taking grip out of it arrow-wise, but you got to find it somehow mechanically. And yeah. that's where having very experienced guys makes a big difference. Yeah, you have a whole team. And speaking of that, um, how is it? to be on AJ Foyt Enterprises team. It's so special. It's it's the oldest race team in the whole world from from what I heard the other day. I actually didn't realize. I knew it was one of the oldest, but from what I heard, it, it is the oldest. Um, he's won four Indy 500s, one of the biggest names, definitely, he's, in, he's in IndyCar. He's a big, big name. So to be driving for him is, is very special, and um, we have some some special themes coming out during the month of May that I can't quite share yet, but... Uh, very excited to be a part of and yeah, it's it's just very special Well, fabulous and um, Well, we can we can talk about that more toward the end about what's coming up Well, that's the end of chapter one in our interview with Benjamin Peterson After a brief break, we will be back with chapter two Welcome back. We're now in chapter two in our interview with Benjamin Peterson. Well, Benjamin, um, for a racer, what are the key characteristics that you would say are required for one to be a professional race driver? Yeah, it's... What do you need um, to have? I, th I think this goes to, to answer for, for many professional athletes. Um, first of all, it, it takes a lot, a lot of dedication. Um, and you sacrifice a lot of things that that many other people, you know, probably wouldn't trade for. I think many people love the idea of being a race car driver, but mm -hmm. if they really found out what it takes, I think many people would, would not do it. Mm -hmm. um, you have to but, do the work. But yeah, but really it, it traces back all the way from, frankly, when I was still in high school, because that's when I started racing. When I, I, I had my first car test when I was 15, like I said earlier. And... Um, yeah, if, if you take my, my time today, um, what it takes, you know, I train every day for at least two hours. Um, Indy cars are extremely physical. It's very funny to, to bring that topic up because many people that watch other sports will think he's just driving a car. Like, it's right. he's not an athlete, right? I'm, I'm driving to Chicago. I'll get there. Yes. Right? Um, and you compare it, you bring up the comparison to any other sport. And it's that people just disregard it so fast. But, hmm. um, you know, we have many trackers on us. I have a, a whoop band that I wear during the races. I'm happy to post it at some point in the future. But um, last race at, um, where were we last? Barber Motorsports Park in Alabama. Mm -hmm. Our race was, I, th I think it was close to hour and 45 minutes. The whole race, my heart rate was almost 170. Wow. The whole race. The whole race. 
correct. You're keyed up. 150 to 170, depending on if there's any safety cars or, or if it's just constantly racing. And I think when you tell people that, they're completely mind blown because they know that any other sport is very similar. Maybe mm -hmm. they get more peaky at times, close to 200, but 150, 170 for almost two hours straight is, is very physical. Not to mention the strength required. There's no power steering. The, there's no assist in the brakes. Um, every time we push the brake, which is with our left foot, um, right. it is kind of equivalent of pushing a, a um, like a, uh, what's it called? In like Fred Flintstone? Putting your feet on the ground? Yeah, when you do like um, you know, a leg press in the gym. It's, oh, yeah, it's, leg press. It's equal to, on your left leg, at least 200 pounds that you're wow. pressing every time. That's how and heavy, going that fast. That's how heavy the brake is. The steering effort required is, is extremely heavy because there's no power steering. Mm -hmm. The cars make close to four to 5,000 pounds of downforce, and you are the one that has to kind of manhandle it. Um, not to mention the heat. The IndyCars in the recent years, they we added an aero screen, which sits in front of the car. So yes, we have open air above us, but in the cockpit on a hot day, it's close to 130 degrees. Do, do they have wearing. a thermal kind of a, in your suit? Do yeah. you have a cooling? Yeah, so obviously we're like, wearing like our suit. Like an astronaut, you know, they put air. Similar, we, we have a race suit, which is very thin. We have our Nomex, which is like our undershirts and everything under that. Um, the races when it is that hot and the cockpit temp is close to 130. The, uh, we do have a cool shirt. It's just a very simple vest with many tubes in it and it, it connects to the car and it circulates pretty cold water in, in those tubes. Oh, interesting. Just to keep the core temperature down. But, um, it's very, very physical. And, you know, since joining IndyCar being a rookie, I've worked very hard. I started training for IndyCar specifically a year before I joined, so while I was still in lights. And um, it's, it's a, you have to be very, very strong. Most people wouldn't even be able to hold their heads with the G-force that we pull. Sure. We're close to three and a half to four Gs, depending on the track, so that's four times your body weight. Not to mention the heart rate I just talked about. Sure. It's 130 degrees. Um, you can't make any mistakes, so. It's very, very physical, um, and um, yeah, a lot of my time in the morning is, is strength training in the morning for an hour, hour and a half with my with my trainer that I work with every day, and then the the evenings will either be kind of a either you know some kind of heat training to to do that and, and work on the mental side. Um, it could be activities such as you know ball sports. We play a lot of pickleball just to to be as fast as possible with our reactions because that's very important. Right. Um, to help your mental acuity yeah, and yeah. speed response. And when you play, for example, singles in, in you know, tennis or pickleball or whatever sport it is, it, it becomes pretty physical. Mm -hmm. um, and the ability to have to still focus and think is and be sharp and fast is very important. Um, so, yeah, it's... And then and then after that, we we go to bed. Like, we eat very healthy. We... We train a lot, not to mention we spend a lot of time on, on simulate. I have a simulator at my house that's very serious. I take it very seriously, and um, I think it puts it into perspective. What I said earlier is I, th I think many people like the idea of being a race car driver, but yeah, I don't. it's a lot of work, but I, I love it. Kind of like flying a plane, you know, like pilots. It'd be kind of fun to fi sure. fly a plane, but it's like... You know, going at that speed yeah. and all all of the responsibility you have. Yeah. 
Now that that gives us a, a, a better picture than, than I've ever had. I mean, when um, when I started grad school, I had a summer job with UPS, yeah, packing a truck by myself, and it got up to 125. Yeah, but I was just throwing boxes. I mean, you know, I still I sweat through my clothes, so it's like, sure. and but with all of that extra element that you have, with what you've said about the car, that just no comparison. But dealing with that in that heat for that long, that that's yeah. quite a that's a, quite a challenge. And and like like you said, the to add to my point, it's the better in shape you are, you will get tired at some point. Of course, in, indefinitely um, during a race. But if with your training throughout the whole year and, and multiple years, the the less tired you can be and the harder you, it's literally a sprint race. So it's not just you're going and driving around 90 laps around whatever right. track it is. It's a sprint race. It's you are pushing as hard as you can um, despite those physical challenges every lap. But if you're able to to push harder and longer than everyone else or, or a couple of drivers, that's a win. If you're able to do the same amount but make less mistakes, that's a win. So it's it's really not just about doing the it's the laps it's about it's really a sprint race in those conditions and and that's why the training effect makes such a big difference sure that's thank you for letting us know that because that's i knew a little bit but not like you've shared with us about the extent of that and of course they hydrate you do you have yep. a, a tube in your helmet yep. um we have a, it's like a camelback, and then there's a tube that runs that with a pump into the helmet so we can drink during the race. Um, I work my, with my dietitian to figure out, you know, exactly what kind of um, electrolyte powder, what kind of drink I need that weekend, depending on salt loss, everything. So um, it gets pretty scientific. Yeah. From whenever you get into like a professional level with that. But um, yeah, it's very nice to have. Interesting. It really is. Um, so if someone's hopeful, like someone who's a 15, 16-year-old about, and they're thinking about, they're dreaming of um, becoming a, a race car driver, uh, what course would you recommend for them to develop their path? Now, I know you all do, you come to it different ways, and there's different races that you can take. Yeah. Um, and um, you can join different teams. But, you know, someone's starting out, what? What would you? What would your advice be to them? The the first piece of advice before you talk about any kind of you know what series should they be in or championship is um, from a dedication standpoint. It's in my opinion you you get one shot at this for your life and you need to go all in or or don't do it unless you're just doing it to have fun. But if you're doing it to to be a professional and it's what you love, you got to be able to put everything else on hold. Um, when I was coming out of high school, I, I got into college and everything and um, graduated with very good um, with very good grades and, and I worked very hard. But college, you know, I we deferred right away because you only get one shot with racing to make it. You can always go to college, but we just kept deferring, deferring, deferring because racing was going very well and now we're here. But you can't do both. You can't do college and racing and, and also make it to the very top. It's, it's, you gotta go all in um, if it's for the sake of being professional. Um, so if you answered yes to that question, that's the starting point. And then second of all, it, it depends on what your goal is. For me, it was open wheel racing. There's only 
two options for that. It's IndyCar in the States or F1 in Europe. Mm-hmm. IndyCar in the States is in a way the, the ladder system and what's required is a lot more quote-unquote attainable in a way than F1. F1 is, is much more political, much, much higher funds required to make it there. Mm-hmm. Um, to give you an example, in F1, you, you may have done everything right your whole career and say you are a reserve driver for a team and, and one of the main drivers gets hurt for whatever reason, unfortunately. There is times where the third driver doesn't even get the seat. Wow because of a political reason or funding that another driver from even another team will come in to take the spot. I see. So it's very, very political in that way. And um, yeah, it's a, it's a bit unfortunate in a way, in my opinion, when, when you have people that are so committed that are even on the same team and they don't even get the spot in that regard. Mm -hmm. So in that way, I think IndyCar is, is a lot more, like I said, quote unquote attainable in a way The the ladder system's very clear. Um, so yeah, if, if you're make, if you want to get to IndyCar, you got to be in, in the whole road to Indy category system. Um, you learn to do oval racing, et cetera. And, and that's just the place to be. Well, thank you for enlightening us on that. Um, but to step back just a uh, half a step. And, um, when you were talking about making that all in decision, what was that moment for you when you had, you decided I'm all in? It was very easy for me. It's it's what I love, and frankly, I, I love nothing more than it. So, the, I didn't even have to make the decision. It just came naturally. Um, I feel like if you have to make the decision, it's maybe a bit of a you need to have a reality check. Because if you really love it, it you want to do the best you can, and it's you just want to be the best at it. Um, so yeah, for me, it, it wasn't a decision in that regard. But in hindsight, it, it was always a, a natural decision. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, well, best wishes on your first Indy 500 race. I wish you well. Thank you. And uh, keep an eye out for number 55. And please tell us what all else is coming up for you in the upcoming season. It's a, a long year. We still have, I think, 16, 17 races left, including the 500. Um this is the biggest month of the year for us in IndyCar, being that it's at Indianapolis Motor Speedway, both races. Uh, the 500 is the biggest event of the year. Um, but yeah, it's a long calendar right after that. We, we're straight back to racing in Detroit. And um, yeah, the, the whole year, this is obviously my rookie year in IndyCar. So every event is, is a new event for me. And in, in IndyCar, it's the longest races I've ever done. Um, so really, it's just getting better and better every weekend and um, pushing as hard as I can to get better. I'm racing against guys that have been in this series for, you know, I'm racing against guys that are 45 years old. Mm-hmm. They've been in the, the sport almost as long as how old I am. Um, so, I hear you. Um, yeah, there's, there's definitely realizing that, you know, it's, you can see guys that have a lot of experience, but um, it's nice to also come back to tracks I've raced that you know, in the junior formula categories, and the only difference is in being in a different car. Um, and then there's tracks I've never been to that I have to learn very quickly that the other guys have raced at for, like I said, 20 years. So, um, yeah, just learning as quickly as I can and, and always pushing as hard as I can to, to deliver the strongest results. 
And where can your new fans find you? Yeah, on um, you know social media, Benjamin Peterson 55, my website, benjaminpeterson.com. Um, we have a lot of cool merchandise that's available now. Um, IndyCar.com has very cool merchandise. So, um, yeah, and we'll have some, some special gear coming up for the month of May with, with the 500 and everything. So, um, yeah, very exciting. We'll put those links in the description. Well, thank you, Benjamin. Thank you for being with us today. We are here at Feinstein's, and we'd like to thank our sponsor, Hotel Carmichael. We look forward to being with you on our next episode of The Omnibus Show. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Omnibus Show. If you enjoyed this program, please like, share and subscribe to continue the conversation. For The Omnibus Show newsletter, please sign up at theomnibusshow.com.